0: Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 4.
1: Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire. The place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur to find out more. Question. Have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at IgniteMastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, Please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe in iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now, prepare to ignite. Ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Cliff Ravenscraft. Cliff, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I'm ready to take this baby and do this thing.
0: All right, that's the second best answer I've gotten so far, so thank you for that.
1: <laughs> hey, wait, 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 what was the best?
0: One of my interviewees said, I am ready to explode, and that to me was pretty awesome. All right, all right, I'll 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 give him that. So Cliff is known by many as the Podcast Answer Man. He's been podcasting since 2005 and truly is the go-to in the podcasting world. He produces a variety of shows, has incredibly useful tutorials for free and purchase on his site, you guessed it, podcastanswerman.com. I am currently a member of Cliff's incredible podcast mastermind, and I look forward to delving into the details of this venture and his vision for his future. So Cliff, I've given a little overview of who you are, but why don't you really get into the in-depth part of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Let me give you the like 90-second version and just say that I used to be an insurance agent working in a family-run insurance agency. Worked there for 11 years, and I was extremely successful, successful financially, but uh, never really enjoyed my job. I was very much into technology and have been a geek since I was a kid. Took my first computer apart when I was eight years old. And I basically have also had a great history in the realm of ministry, as I used to be an associate pastor of a small church back in uh, the early 90s. So, add all of that together in two, December 2005, I started podcasting about a secular TV show n- known as Lost Love as it. a hobby and absolutely fell in love with the mystery of that show and created a podcast devoted to uncovering the mystery and doing research online and sharing, uh, you know, basically bringing the internet online community of uh, fans together. And uh, within just three episodes, we had thousands of subscribers and we knew that we had something a hit on our hands. So, We absolutely catered to that audience for a while. And what happened over a very brief period of time or very quickly for us is I started to get emails from people saying, Hey, I'm listening to this podcast with you and your wife and I get the strange sensation that you and your, your wife are Christians. And I would say, well, yes, we are. And then they would write back these long 14 page emails explaining their history with the church or their faith in a crisis moment in their life or whatever the case may be. And what I found is I was doing ministry through email. And uh, very quickly, I realized that I was getting a lot of the similar questions over and over again. And I decided to launch a second show where we could talk about family related topics, anything else that you know, wasn't loss related. And then I realized a lot of people wanted to Talk about faith. So, I created a third show, which at the time was called the About the Church podcast. And pretty much it got to the place where this hobby, you know, started out being maybe five, 10 hours a week playing around, turned into about 20 to 30 hours a week. And then this hobby turned into 40 or 50 hours a week. Mind you, bringing in hardly any money, maybe enough to cover the minimal expenses that it takes to produce a podcast, which, by the way, is very low. So, Uh, What happened, though, is over the course of a two-year period of time, it got to the where I was spending most of my day at my day job uh, basically answering emails. Uh, I might have actually got around to doing about two hours worth of work in a typical eight-hour day there. So I started to really feel uh, disgusted with myself. The fact that I'm not pulling my weight, I'm not actually selling the things that I used to sell. I'm not even interested in picking up the phone and servicing anything. All I can think about, it's all-consuming. I want to create content, and I want to help change people's lives for the better. I want to provide answers. I want to help them. And uh, after the two years of building this audience, I had enough people who had heard me say those things. They convinced myself and they convinced my wife that we could do this. We could actually turn this into a full-time career and so naively, I left my job. Uh, after 11 years, I put in a 90-day notice, the scariest time of my life. I, I thought I was going to die of a heart attack, uh. panic attacks, all that other stuff. And let me tell you, it, uh, I'm so glad I left. I am so glad I left and I took the risk. And I will say this because I don't know if, if, if you'll have any questions that come up with this, but I will say that I had zero business um, training as far as the marketing and the taxes and how to set up a business and a business plan stuff, all of that stuff, I had no training in that at all. I'm a great salesperson because I've been in sales and I'm great at customer service and relationships because my ministry and all my years in customer service. So I'm good at those things, but I I didn't know the business side of things. The very first year that I was in business for myself full time the entire year, 2008, I only brought in a total of $11,000 in personal income. Uh, and so much so, it was, it was so difficult that I actually had to take out $14,000 out of my pension, paid $4,000 in taxes and penalties, just so I would have $10,000 to put food on the table the, during the end of that year. So that was my first year in business, but things are a little bit better today. And maybe that'll come up in this conversation.
0: Wow, what a story. And as a little interesting side note, you started podcasting way back in 2005, which was actually the year that the word podcast was the Oxford Dictionary word of the year. So that's kind of an interesting little tidbit. But we're going to transition now into our first topic of the show. Here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we start every show off with our guest's favorite success quote. It's kind of our way to get the motivational ball rolling and get people pumped for the rest of the, of the show. Cliff, what do you have for us for your success quote today?
1: I'm going to give you two because I can't choose one over the other. They, they go together for me. And I believe that uh, these things have so much truth in them that, that I have to give them both. So here you go. First one. Find something that you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it all day long for free. Then become so great at doing that one thing that others would be willing to pay you to do it. All right. And of course, just basically by by what I've just shared with you earlier, you can see how true that's actually come in my life. And then the next one is plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And that's actually from uh, the Bible. It's Proverbs 15,
0: 22. Wow. Well, it is so obvious how, that first quote resonates with you and the businesses you've created, so that's very cool. Let's move into the second quote real quick. How would you say that you apply that quote to your day to day?
1: Well, let's put it this way: when I started this business, as I shared, I had no knowledge of, you know, LLCs, S corps, um, you know, CPAs, all all of that stuff. You know, getting your FEIN numbers. <laughs> all of that, that, that stuff was all gibberish to me. And so what I did immediately was surround myself with about eight to 10 men that I knew who had created their own business, who actually have and operate their own businesses. And I went to them and I said, Hey, I would like to add you as a member of my board of advisors. And this is not some kind of official thing. There's no contracts. This isn't to do all I'm looking for in, and I'm not asking you to attend meetings, as a board of advisor, as a board, as a member of my board of advisors, that just means that I'm going to come to you individually or I may re- very seldom come to the entire group in a you know carbon copied email to everyone saying, hey, this is a big decision I've got in front of me and this is what think I'm thinking about doing. Can I get your feedback? And so that's what I did. I, I, I surrounded myself with successful people, people who were further down the road the road that i wanted to be at you know the during the at the destination of where i wanted to go and so i surrounded myself with those people and um you know it's it's never failed me now the the type of people who have or the actual people who have been in that position as advisor for me have changed over time uh and 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 it actually changed as i changed my area of, of focus because. There became a time when I wanted to actually get more into, let's just say, the online marketing realm or the or the online business realm, and instead of the content marketing. And so, so as I changed focus, I changed those who I actually sought advice from, and uh, it, it, it's been very helpful to me. I do want to share one other thing, and I think this could be valuable uh, in, in to your audience, especially aspiring entrepreneurs. And that is that um, I learned that, that your income can easily be figured out by judging the average income of the people you do life with most. So I guess the way that I would explain this is take the 10 people that you most interact with, the people you, you, the 10 people you most have conversations with about your business, your hopes, your dreams, your passions. And and people who, who really speak into your life and give you wisdom and advice, take those 10 people, write their names on a piece of paper, and then if you can get them to accurately tell you what their annual income is, you add that up, all of them, their annual incomes, divide it by 10, and that should be a pretty good estimation of what your own annual income is. And that's something that I learned. And one of the things that I have made a determination for myself is that by the end of 2015, I want my net worth to be a minimum of $1 million. So I want to become a millionaire by the end of 2015. Now, this is something for somebody who, by the way, in 2008 was still about $25,000 in debt. And uh, so I've, I've come a long way. But when it, when it comes to this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so the people that I most interact with today are all deca And what that's done for me is I actually, when I approach problems or scenarios or issues that come up, I find myself not thinking about things and processing those problems the way that I used to out of a spirit, out of a mindset of scarcity. But I actually start to process and think about problems and issues in my life Ba- based upon the way that decamillionaires think about them. Because when I have an issue or a problem that I'm facing in my life, I'm going to my board of advisors, sometimes most of the time individually one-on-one, but getting the same feedback from all of them. It's like, dude, that's not a big deal. That's just an opportunity for a solution. And here's, here's a couple ideas. Have you thought about this? And it's like, wow, I really didn't need to lose sleep over that, did I? So yeah, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed.
0: Very, very powerful stuff, Cliff. Thank you for that. We're going to transition into our next topic, and that's failure. Entrepreneur on Fire is all about the journey of the entrepreneur, and in every entrepreneur's journey, they've experienced failure on one level or another. Most of us have learned from it, have grown from it, have taken different directions because of it. Let's hear about a distinct failure that you've had in your past and the events that led up to that cliff?
1: Sure. Well, I will tell you that my failure is that I am a workaholic. So I, I actually ended up creating a career for myself that I absolutely love, that I have to force myself to go to, go to bed at night. And I have to keep myself, if I accidentally wake up at 3.30 in the morning, that I don't just jump out of bed and go get started with the day. I mean, that's the kind of job that I've created for myself. I love it. Um, this idea of work versus play it doesn't mean very much to me because my play is my work, and my work it seems like I'm playing all day. The problem that comes with this is that I'm a workaholic, and I well, for the first for the first nine months in two thousand eight, I worked fourteen to eighteen hours a day seven days a week, nonstop, without a break. And it was crazy. Uh, Then right around September, my wife says, maybe you could take a day off. And I'm like, okay, so I'll take Sundays off. Yeah. So I took Sundays off and I still worked around the clock. December of that year, um, December of that year, I, I ended the year by doing a 24 hour nonstop podcast marathon Around hour 22, I just started to feel horrible and I figured I was just tired and it just felt like somebody was stabbing me in my gut. Well, that pain never went away and about two days later, I finally went to the hospital and they told me that I had massive, massive gallstones and they had to take out my gallbladder and turns out that uh, they had to do this one special operation that they told me that I needed to do, but they wanted to know whether I wanted to do it after. I consult because there's only a 50-50 chance that I would make it through that surgery. But they said if I didn't do it, there was like an 80% chance that something else would happen and, and I would die. So, so I said, okay, yes, we're going to do that. Uh, I'll take the 50-50 the chance. I, it sounds a whole lot better than the alternative. And then all of a sudden the nurse comes in that night and asks me to fill out this authorization form and the authorization form before i filled it out i asked what it is and i said well you're going they're going to take your gallbladder out tomorrow and i said no they're not they're supposed to do this other surgery that i've elected to do and they said well just go ahead and sign it and we'll fix it tomorrow turns out that they had everything messed up had i signed that form i probably wouldn't be alive today so i say all of that to say that my biggest failure was not taking care of my health not having enough margin in my life and overworking myself and i pretty much did most of all of that because I was trying to prove my value to everyone versus actually understanding the value that I already had to offer to people just from my experience at that point.
0: Cliff, thank you for sharing that. That, that truly is a very touching story. We're going to actually take that now and move into our next transition point, which is the aha moment. Now, you've spoken on a lot of levels as to how you've had an aha moment with podcasting and when you transitioned out of insurance. As entrepreneurs, we often have small light bulb moments every day, every week, every month, but we have those couple times a year, once every while, light bulb that just comes on and we say, ah, this is great. This resonates with my audience. This is what my clients want. Share with us an aha moment that you've had.
1: So, so here's the deal. It, we, we, I left my career in insurance. I'm pursuing this new business, really not having a clue what I'm doing. And my wife told me, she says, I'm so on board with this. She says, you're going to do this. If we have to sell our house, we'll sell our house. If I have to go get a job, I'll go get a job. This is the right thing. I know this is the right thing for us. And, I, and we both agreed and, and it was great. Now, the thing is, is obviously in 2008, Money was tight. I mean, you heard how ridiculously low my income was that year, and the things that we had to do. Well, there was a point where my wife was about ready to go out and get a job, and I said, "Wait, tell you what. I am instead of doing that, I'm going to go get a job delivering some pizzas. So I figure I'm gonna I'm gonna work, you know, 20 hours a month delivering some pizzas. That might bring me in. I don't know, in, in an extra 350 or 400 dollars a month, right? you know, going out and delivering pizzas 20 hours a month. And so, or actually I don't know how many hours a week I would do it. But anyway, obviously the income was going to be ridiculously small. And then right the one day, it was the day I was going to go out and apply for a job delivering pizzas just to have some extra income. And right before I left, the phone rang and I happened to have my website, uh, my phone number on the website at the time. And basically uh, it was somebody who says, hey, I want to order some equipment from you. I understand that you sell podcast equipment. And I'm like, I do. And this person says, well, I, you know, I just want to let you know I'm on a tight budget, You know, so I don't have a lot to spend, And uh, but, but I need your help, and this is what I want to do. And he told me what he needed to do. And I said, okay. I said, so tell me what your budget is. And he said, I can't spend any more than $15,000. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, well, you don't need $15,000 to be able to do that. You're looking at, and I think it was probably about $3,000 or something like that. But it, it, what happened was when it was all said and done, when, it, when I looked at my profit on the order, I had spent about 20, 25 minutes on the phone with the guy and I made $350 in profit. And in my mind, I sat there and I got off the phone. I'm like, no way. I In 20 minutes, I just made what I would have made in an entire month. Of delivering pizzas I said instead of hiring myself out to somebody to deliver pizzas for them and waste my time why don't I hire myself and spend 20 hours a week just devoted to repeating what just happened on the phone right now and that's when all of a sudden it's like before equipment sales was something that I was just doing for my consulting clients but then all of a sudden it's like wait a second maybe I should sell equipment to people. And and that's another service I could add. So I ended up starting to sell equipment. So far, I've sold more than $240,000 in equipment sales.
0: Wow. Almost a quarter million dollars in equipment sales. That's impressive. Cliff, have you had an I've made it moment thus far in your career?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I, I had that the the first the first time I made twenty eight thousand dollars in a single month in income, I realized, you know what I think I'm at a level now where I can I, I i I don't need to worry every night where that next client's coming from, where that next sale is going to come from i, I, I there is there was a time and and it was it was the very first time i I made twenty eight thousand dollars in a single month that I'm like, yeah. You know when when I look at my overhead, I only need nine thousand to get by. And when I just made in one month what I need for three months, I think I'll be okay. and so yeah there was there was a definitive moment, and that actually happened uh, just a couple months ago that that it's just like, wow, i I really have achieved something that honestly, I didn't expect to achieve for the first five to ten years.
0: Wow, well, congratulations. That is a very impressive. Feet that you managed to pull off. So you are now in your current business. You're rolling along as evidenced by the $28,000 you very recently made in just one month. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today?
1: Oh, goodness. I, I, there, there are a couple things. Number one, I, it's the fact that I've actually got to a place where I really do believe that I've become. If not the number one person in my industry, and I'm certainly that in the minds of thousands of people, but I'm certainly worldwide in my industry. My name would come up in about nine out of every ten conversations related to the word to the word podcasting, and that to me is is pretty significant. Uh, so that excites me very much. The other thing that excites me is that I'm creating content that I really do believe is changing people's lives. Like. I get letters and emails even still to this day and I I keep them. I I print them out. I stick them up on the board or if they've come in the mail, I just pin them up on this board. And we're talking about emails where people say, you know what, because of what you shared, I'm completely debt free three years after hearing that episode or hey, because of what you and your wife shared, um, you know, I determined that maybe I was wrong and I had, had left my wife and kids behind and I was going to pursue a life on my own. I decided to go back and you know reconcile with my wife and now we're back together. And by the way, here is a picture of us where we rededicated our vows. I mean, those kind of things, that really excites me. The, the fact that I'm actually creating content. I'm not just teaching people how to do it. And I'm not just making money from teaching people how to do a technical skill. But I'm actually teaching people how to do things that are passionate to me because I know that what we're doing can literally change the lives of people around the world. And that thats that for me is pretty exciting. So th- those are just a couple of things off the top of my head.
0: Cliff, there's a lot of mystery behind the word entrepreneur and entrepreneurs in general. Let's, for the listeners, pull back the curtain and show them exactly what an entrepreneur will do during the course of a day. Obviously, your days are never exactly the same, but they do have certain commonalities, what are two tasks that seem to occupy a good part of your day every day?
1: Email is my number one task. And unlike many people, I, I, I don't see a day where I want that to change specifically. Um, email is, is, is how I have a ton of interactions and take relationships to the next level. Um, and, and so I really do enjoy email. I probably spend a minimum of four to six hours a day in email. So I wake up at five in the morning and try to get a workout in for an hour, spend some time reading alone and stuff like that. By seven or eight o'clock in the morning, I get started. But yeah, I will, I will probably spend about four to six hours interacting on email. And, and I can delegate a lot of that stuff out, but a majority of the stuff I would never want to because it's relationship building. And I've built my brand by personal relationships and word of mouth. And I, I certainly experience issues with scaling but rather than cutting back on my emails, I've I've become better at um, creating basically uh, uh, guess uh, templates, email templates for responses back. That's one of the things I love about podcasting. I get the same email you know forty times in a week, and now I can actually say, hey, I can I can say, hey, John, thank you so much for that uh, for your response. And by the way, congratulations on your new podcast. I, I went over to entrepreneuronfire.com and. And uh, looked at your artwork. Wow, this is looking really nice. And then I and and basically that's all I have to say to you. And you could have asked me a question about how do I record podcasts via Skype or something like that. And then all I have to do is type in four characters, and the next six paragraphs of that email are completely pasted by me typing in three or four characters on my keyboard. And to you, that seems like I just spent the afternoon <laughs> responding to you. When in reality, what I did is I did check out your site. I did spend three or four minutes on you. But the the rest of that paragraph that would have taken me about an hour and a half to respond to, I, I actually spent, it was like probably a year and a half ago when I first wrote that. And I spent about six hours carefully crafting that template. And I've just updated it over the, over the past several months. So that's one of the things. As an entrepreneur, I basically spend most of my time Interacting with people on email, building those relationships. The second most important thing that I do is reading. I do a lot of reading uh, of books that inspire me, and believe it or not, not books in my area. Um, I, I read books that are about um, mindset and and basically that inspire me to think big, to dream big, and and to to tackle life. Uh, because there's only one life to live and you only get a chance to do it once. And I want to make a big impact in a positive way on people's lives. Uh, So those are the two things that I do most. And then, of course, I create a lot of content. So if you think I read, uh, you know, I I said I read a lot, but I create a lot of content as well. And uh, one of the things that I learned early on, this is another quote, by the way, followers consume content and leaders create content. And so while I do consume quite a bit, most of the the consumption is high-quality, high-impact books. I don't subscribe to a lot of blogs or anything like that, but I do read a lot of books. But then I'm always creating a ton of content. And since December of 2005, I've personally produced more than 3,000 podcast episodes that are online that are available today for free.
0: Wow, that is an incredible number. Now, this next question that I have for you, I can't wait to hear the answer. Let's keep it under 60 seconds. What is the vision that you have for the future of Podcast Answer Man?
1: The future of Podcast Answer Man is more online training tutorials at a much lower cost than what you could get uh, to hire me one-on-one. So basically, uh, higher quality training from me at a lower cost. Uh, An affiliate program is in my future so that people who are already in my community can uh, go out there and start marketing my products and actually generate income for themselves as a result of doing so. Uh, Maybe some weekend boot camps uh, where people would come for a weekend and and specialize in a skill to take their podcasting or online business to a next level. And then public speaking as well. Cliff, we've now reached my favorite
0: part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. This is where I provide you with a series of questions and you provide us with a series of amazing and simply mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure here. And we'll try to keep these at about 60 seconds each to keep them very concise and powerful as all of your answers are. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Fear. Absolutely, fear. I was afraid to fail and therefore hurt and damage my pride. And then I was afraid to succeed. And I felt that if I succeeded, then I couldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to to crawl back into my comfort zone uh, and live the life that I pretty much knew would be cozy and comfy, but maybe a little bit less enjoyable.
0: What is the best business advice you ever received?
1: Focus on doing only one thing that you love to do best and let everyone else do all the rest.
0: Man, that is powerful and it rhymes. (laughs) What is something that's working for your business right now?
1: Uh, Podcast Mastermind. It's an online organization where people come together and share um, basically their lives and journeys with each other for the mutual inspiration encouragement of each Individuals' personal and professional growth. Also, digital training tutorials and online group coaching for how to learn how to podcast.
0: I can honestly say that your podcast mastermind is so powerful. It's so inspirational. Every other week we meet, and uh, it's something I look forward to. And it really is just great having a community of other podcasters all working towards the same goal. So, thank you for creating that.
1: I appreciate you being a part of it. I mean, literally, it is what it is because we all come together and bring our best to it. So I I appreciate you being a part of the podcast, Mastermind.
0: Well, thanks, Cliff. I'm going to throw something in here because I feel like you can, off the top of your head, come up with something pretty good. What's the best business book that
1: you've read in the last six months? Absolutely, hands down, the single best business book that I have read Oh goodness, there's so many. I've read so many. I'll tell you what the best one per, for me personally was "Secrets of the Millionaire Mind" by T. Harv Eker, E K E R, and and it's actually not business, but it's more about mindset and it's about money. But it really helped me in a very big way. And the reason why is because my in my monthly average monthly income uh, was right around ten thousand dollars. And I had a goal to double that uh, to twenty thousand dollars. And when I wrote that goal down and started telling other people about it, I felt really weird and scared to even let people know that I was dreaming that big, you know, doubling my income. And by the way, the other part of the goal was to work less hours. And um, I didn't know how it was going to be possible. And this book, all of a sudden, uh, came up as as a recommendation of another member of my mastermind, and they said you should read this. And I like okay. And it radically transformed my mind about money and how I think about money and the ways that I, the things that I believe about money. And it really helped me understand about this idea of our programming as we grow up and how we actually, you know, the thoughts that we have determine the way that we feel. And the way that we feel oftentimes determines our actions. And our actions always determine our results in life. And so... There, there's so much more that can be said, but that book right there radically changed a lot of things in my mind.
0: That book truly is mind-altering. I had the same experience myself, and I look forward to watching the principles at work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. The, the, guy, the guy's a little pushy in, 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 in the book, but man, it's good. It's got great information if you can really discern what, what you need to apply.
0: Great. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes, so thank you for that. This last question is by far my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one, so take a couple seconds if you want to digest it. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all the experience and knowledge that you currently have right now, but your business had completely disappeared, leaving you essentially with a clean slate and forcing you to start somewhere from scratch, which is where a lot of our entrepreneurs find themselves right now. What would you do?
1: Well, that's hard for me to answer in a, in a way where I, I can't imagine my business going away overnight. I mean, I can imagine maybe uh, my house burning down and my computers and all that stuff going. I... I I don't know that I, I would, my, my answer is I would do the same thing that I do every day. And that is I would, I mean, obviously, hopefully my email doesn't go away. And so my, I I would spend four to six hours a day, every day, helping people, encouraging people, inspiring people through email. I would four to six hours of my day, every day would be that. And I would get on to my social networks. Uh, You know, I schedule several hours a week to make sure that I'm maintaining relationships with those same people through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, building relationships. And then, yes, you got it. I'm going to continue to create a ton of high, high value, can't live without content that answers people's most common questions based upon mostly the emails that I get. And so I'm going to continue to answer emails. I'm going to continue to build relationships. I'm going to continue to create content. And I'm going to continue to follow my passion, what makes me tick. I'm going to do the things that I do best. I'm going to let other people do all the rest. And I don't live for money. Instead, yeah. I live for serving people. And I believe that if, you are, if your main goal is to serve people, and you are following your passion, doing the things that you are most created to do, the things that actually make you tick, then I believe that if you follow your passion, the money will follow. And so business, not business, it doesn't matter to me. The question is, is can I still serve people and can I survive on that?
0: Cliff, thank you so much for joining us today. You've given Fire Nation some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give us one last piece of advice as a parting shot and then give yourself a plug before we say
1: goodbye. All right. my Here's the deal. Uh, my My number one piece of advice, and I've said it, I think, somewhere in here, and that is to focus. Focus on a niche area. F- focus on something that you love to do most. And, and really, honestly, let other people do the other things. One of the things somebody told me a long time ago is, Cliff, you shouldn't be a podcast consultant nobody's ever going to hire a podcast consultant that is the most ridiculous thing you can do you're you're setting yourself up for failure you ought to be a social media consultant because somebody only want the people are only going to want to hire you if you can help them set up their youtube channels and their facebook fan pages and their twitter accounts and their linkedin profiles and and you can coach them on how to create these groups and and, and also teach them how to podcast. And I said, you know what? I don't have any interest in YouTube. I don't have any interest in Facebook fan pages. I love audio podcasting. And so in fact, don't even come to me and if you want to learn how to do video podcasting, I can teach you, but I don't want to. I want to teach you how to do an audio podcast because that's where my passion is. And today, because I focused, my name is the name that comes up when podcasting comes up in conversations. So my recommendation Follow your passion and focus on one area, the thing that you do best. And then a personal plug for myself. I'll give you a free tutorial online. It's the foundation that every podcaster ought to know about uh, the world of podcasting. Learn how com. Again, learn how to And if you want to take it uh, beyond the hobby level, then podcastinga2z.com is my online training course.
0: Cliff, I am thrilled that we share the same passion of podcasting and of audio podcasting. Thank you again for joining us. We will catch you on the
1: flip side. Thank you so much, John.
0: Hey guys, this is John Lee Dumas signing off. Remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win $50 cash every Wednesday. Fire Nation, my one call to action to you today is this. If you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout-out at the top of an upcoming show, and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously, though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite.
1: Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.